Hi everyone, this is Timbuktu Ali and welcome to No Time to Watch TV Podcast. This space is dedicated to mompreneurs where we have conversations around is it possible to find balance while being a boss? This is Siobhan Perry, aka the Savvy Mommy on IG. Just want to put that out there. And she is an estate planning attorney, a boy mom, professor, a wife. And did I miss anything? I'm so many things, but, I'm, but today I'm grateful. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So many hats. So perfect guest to have on this show, No Time to Watch TV. So just to get started, I think maybe we were in some type of challenge together. I'm not exactly sure how I started following you. And when I say challenge, I think it was something like a group. I just know that I started my business page, Kazim Enterprise. And of course, I'm following people that interest me. At the end of 2022, I'm trying to figure out like, what is my zone of genius? What is my million dollar idea? What is the thing that I would just love to like just hop out of bed every morning and love to work on. As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I have a soft spot for children and elderly people. And I'm like, okay, I like to help people. I like to give information. I like to support people. And so I'm like, what is it that I could do or insert myself into some type of service that would serve those two demographics the most and also align with like my personality and the things that I'm good at. So I'm really like process driven and structured and organized. And I'm like, I think I would like to help people like have their affairs in order. Like I think is I think is warranted for everyone to have a peace of mind to have some type of cushion or understand if something happens unexpectedly like everything that they work for just won't disappear or everything just won't crash the family won't be a mess and so forth so I'm like I think that I would like to facilitate that so I started to research it and I'm like you know what this sounds something like what estate planning attorneys do. Yeah. I would need to like partner up with someone that has the information. So I'm scrolling on Instagram one morning and I run into your page. I'm like, oh my God, this is estate planning attorney. Yeah. I think I clicked on your bio and I saw that you and I are in the same area in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm like, this is just like a sign from God. Like I was just thinking about how I would love to meet a state planning attorney and yeah. information and send customers over to them once I can't handle the process anymore. So I didn't initially reach out to you because I was like, what am I going to say? But I eventually did. And we touched on the podcast and kind of connected in that way. So again, I just really appreciate you being here and just your willingness to share yourself. Savon, can you explain to everyone what exactly is estate planning? Sure. I like to say that estate planning does three things. It a lot of people just think an estate plan is who gets what when I die. So that's what people tend to think. But I like to rephrase it as three things. Number one, an estate plan protects you while you're alive in the event of a medical emergency. So an estate plan, number one, protects you while you are alive. Number two, an estate plan protects your assets also while you're alive 
um, in the event that there's some kind of emergency and somebody has to make decisions regarding your business, regarding your bank accounts, regarding your mortgage, your health care, your health insurance. So it protects you. It protects your assets. And then number three, the way that people tend to traditionally view estate plans, it protects the people who mean the most to you in the event, again, that something happens to you while you're alive, whether that's temporary or long-term, or in the event that you pass away. So again, it protects you, it protects your coin, your assets, your monies, right? And then right. it protects your people. And so an estate plan has those three functions. Thank you for that clarification, because I do think that the conception is that it's for after you pass to make sure that your estate is planned out. So I think that clarifies a lot for a lot of people. Is there a particular reason why you became an estate planning attorney or a certain passion that you had that led you towards that journey? In short, I was called to this. I could give a lot of reasons. I was a part of the Great Resignation. I was overworked and undervalued. I was at home like so many other people struggling with childcare needs and jobs and demands. And so I really had to step back and think that I went to law school because I wanted to make a difference in my local community. And the type of work that I was doing, I did not feel like I was making that difference. In fact, I felt like I was contributing to all the systemic issues that I thought that I was going to be working against. Wow. So I took a step back, I prayed and I fasted. And at that time, God revealed to me that I'm going to have to create the opportunity that I want. And I was like, oh no, God, that's not, that word ain't for me. <laughs> what I need you to do is to find me a job with somebody else. <laughs> That's just going to be a little bit more manageable. But then I slowly, there was more confirmation in my life. And I slowly began to see that, yes, I'm going to have to create the opportunity that I'm looking for. And in doing my research, estate planning really aligned with my goals. I like, I'm a problem solver. I love all things legacy, memory preservation, spending time with family, oral history. I love all of that. And it slowly started to reveal, the estate planning world slowly started to reveal itself to me. And then I thought, this is an area where I could practice and really feel like I am helping people and I'm doing something positive for people. Oh, wow. That is so powerful. And congratulations on taking that step. It's obviously something that you're really good at. And I'm glad that it does align with your passions and your strengths as well. What have you experienced to be a person's biggest fear when we're talking about protecting themselves, their assets, and then making sure that their family is okay? Sure. Uh, there are a number of things, and I will list them off in no particular order. I'll just say three because I can keep going on and on. Number one, people are afraid that they're going to die. There is, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or community thing. Or if we've taken this words have meaning thing too far. People are afraid that if they plan, make their estate plans, that they will die. It will be finished and they'll just die the next day. So I'm kind of fighting against that ideology, that mentality, that right. creating an estate plan does not mean you're going to die. 
I compare it to insurance. You get car insurance to protect yourself, to protect your children, to protect your loved ones. You get life insurance. That does not mean the next day you're going to go out and get into a car accident because you decided to protect yourself. And then the other reality is, yes, you will die. We are all going to die. There's only a few certain things in life and death is one of them. Right. we have to get comfortable talking about it because our inability to talk about it, plan and prepare for it is costing our families money, is costing our families peace, is costing our families generational, and it's creating rifts and a lack of harmony between family members because when someone dies, there's so much confusion and madness and fighting (laughs) that nothing even gets done. So number one, people are scared they're going to die. Number two, people don't see a value in it. They don't think that it's important. They think that I'm dead. What does it matter to me? So I don't care what happens when I die. But if you recall, I said estate planning is not just about who gets what when you die. Who do you want to make your medical decisions in the event you cannot do it for yourself? You might know that your brother's the best person to do it. But if you never designate your brother, you got your two sisters fighting him tooth and nail for every decision when that time could be costing your life because they're taking too long to come to conclusions or decisions about your care. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then lastly, number three, I think costs. I think people are afraid that it's going to be too expensive or they think they're not positioned properly to estate plan. Typically, estate planning was something that you thought only millionaires did, right? An estate, you have all these assets in this diverse portfolio and a vacation home and a yacht. So those are the people who need to estate plan. Right. Really, and every adult needs to have some kind of plan because you are worth more than you. Unfortunately, many of us are worth more dead than alive. Yeah. And- planning for those assets, planning to protect your children, God forbid, should something happen to you when they are minors, is very important. So it's okay if you don't have all the assets now, but you might have benefits, you might have a retirement plan, you might have a life insurance plan. So you need to plan for that money. Again, God forbid, if something happens to you later. Those are some really great points. What? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot to digest. Do you find that you are also coaching people or having to encourage them to move forward with your services? Or do you get an audience that has already pretty much made up their mind that this is what they want to do? They're past that having to be still convinced that this is the right thing for them to do at the time. A little bit of both. I have some people who maybe they've come across my videos or somebody else's videos and they've been doing their own research. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad because there's a whole lot of internet gurus telling people all kinds. I see these videos all the time, telling them all kinds of things about trusts and and businesses and all these things to avoid (laughs) go undetected. And a lot of it, unfortunately, is foolishness. So they come to me thinking that they want to do this. And then I clarify what can or cannot be done. And then they're ready to move forward or they're disappointed or they think I don't know what I'm talking about or who knows right. who the case is because somebody told them that this is what they need to do on YouTube. Some people have done their homework and then there's some people who are just curious. They want to learn more. And then after talking to me, they see the need for it or they still don't find value in the services because they think, oh, it's something I'll do. And the other question I had is, 
Have you seen like a worst case scenario? Have you experienced or witnessed something that happened because someone didn't have their estate plans in order? I can share too many examples. Um, <laughs> too many. I can share an example of a father who had several children and a first wife for 30 something years. They divorced. That happens. And then he remarried and passed away shortly after remarrying. And then the woman that he remarried took control of all of the assets. So mm -hmm. he was still supporting his other three children, even though they were adults, but he was still supporting them. He was still supporting his ex-wife because he was a man with moral fiber. Right. Right. He was still supporting her, just nothing official. He was just sending her money, supporting her every month, and he died. And now that family doesn't know what assets he had, what businesses he owned. He was pretty wealthy because he was still supporting them. Um, so he unintentionally disinherited his children because he failed to create a plan. I have another example of a sis, a lady who passed away and she had three children. She passed away unexpectedly. She did not have a lot of wealth. She worked very hard, but she owned a home. Hmm. She passed away, left her three minor children with no guardian. So her sister had to go through the court and go through the process of getting appointed, became the guardian of those three children, but because there was nobody appointed to manage her home, she felt like she didn't really have any assets. But she had a home. The home was foreclosed on during all of this process. And even though she may have felt like she didn't have any wealth, the money from the sale of that home could have used to provide for her three children. I'm sure her sister would have loved to have that money from the sale of the home. It's a very expensive to raise three children. Instead, mm. that asset was lost. That generational wealth can never be recouped again. You know how much homes are going for during the pandemic? That money could have probably took care of her children until they were 18. And instead, they got nothing mm. except for foreclosure. And then the bank recouped whatever cost. Because think about it. If somebody passes away, sister's taking care of three children. She can't pay that mortgage in her mortgage. Right. Care of three children until this probate mm -hmm. process wraps up. She can't afford to do that. And mom never made plans for anyone to take care of those assets. And so that's wealth that family will never have. Wow. That is so heartbreaking. Yeah. But I think those two examples that a lot of people will be able to identify with. And I think those two examples pretty much summed up why what you do is so important and why people should pay more attention to making sure that they do have some type of estate plan or work with you and your business and getting that set up. Just switching over a little bit, do you work or do anything with life insurance or is that part of the estate plan? And yeah. Do you think that life insurance, those reasons that people don't estate, have an estate plan also are the reasons that people don't have life insurance either? Yeah. So question number one, I don't sell life insurance. It's something I thought about and maybe a service I'll add at some point because I do believe life insurance is a component of comprehensive estate planning. Comprehensive estate planning is the larger thing that you have to do. 
And there are several things that you do within that. And life insurance is definitely a very important piece. And yes, I think a lot of people don't get life insurance because they have some kind of fear or there's some kind of stigma attached to it. Two, they're not educated on the benefits or the purposes of life insurance. And three, again, they think it's expensive or something they can't qualify for. And in some cases, it might be expensive. And in some cases, you might have to work a little harder for it. But again, it's something that's so worth it because if something happens to you while your children are minors or while you have family members who depend on you, if something happens to you, you're not leaving any income in your place to help to fill that void of missing. And we have a responsibility to provide for the dependents in our life. Absolutely. 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 So, Savan, I do want to find out a little bit more about you. I, like I said, I've been on your IG page and when I see something, it is like, you're like, you are so talented. Thank you. I just, I can't even believe I'm talking to someone that's so talented. Takes one to no one, sis. Oh, thank you. I'm blown away by like your culinary experience. Like, where does that, where did that come from? Um, Oh, yeah. Look, it comes from having four hungry sons. And that's it. What I do is for fun. My kids like it. Pre-pandemic, I used to like to host and entertain and just really spend time with family and friends. So it just comes from experimenting, trial and error. Yeah. And one of the things, No Time to Watch TV is for the mompreneurs that are trying to figure out if they can balance it all. And one of the things that I do feel from you, and I know it's just social media, I feel like you do have some type of order or plan where you're able to balance it as best as you can. What have you found has worked for you as a mompreneur that are you're wearing so many different hats? Are you able to balance it? And if you are, how are you able to balance it? I am not able to balance it. I don't balance it. (laughs) And I'm just giving up. (laughs) I just, and I've heard something similar, so I'm not sure how I heard it articulated. I rotate my priorities. I rotate my priorities and it's on a constant rotation. My priorities on Saturday are different than my priorities on Monday. I give myself the opportunity to be flexible a life with grace because I find that when I am too rigid, this is me personally, everybody has something different. When I am too rigid, when I am too firm, that that leads to a lot of tears for me later because it's impossible to get what I want done or stick to this imaginary schedule for my personality type, for someone else that might work. But for mm-hmm. my personality type and for all the moving parts and pieces that I have in my home, that I have to be flexible and I have to be okay with change and I have to be with okay with reorganizing and readjusting my priorities or else I'm going to be a hot mess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then all me personally, just having a faith walk and, a re- and just trusting that God is going to work out whatever it is in my life. It just gives me some kind of peace because if it's a hot mess on Tuesday, I just say it, it's going to work out somehow. And I just trust that it will. 
That's amazing. And I love the honesty because I was ready to write down this plan, but I think, it's, I think it's so fair. I think it's relevant to say sometimes there isn't a plan. I'm just going with what I can go with now and doing the best that I can. I wish I could tell you that I got up at 5.30 every morning and then I had my quiet time with God and then I worked out and then I made breakfast and then I, no, because I might have stayed up till 1.30, 2.30 the night before with a sick child or an estate planning deadline. So I need to sleep in the next morning and removing the guilt that it has to be a certain kind of way every day for it to be successful. No. Take my top three priorities for that day and try to get those three priorities done and then rotate my priorities for the following day. Wow. Yeah, no, no, that's top tier self-care. Managing what I can manage to the best of my ability and just letting it like play out. We would all love to say that. Like, you don't know how many times I've been like, I'm getting up at five tomorrow. I'm getting up at six. I'm going to the gym. I have a do list. It's like eat breakfast, exercise, and yeah, it's, it can be challenging, but to your point as well, you have to extend yourself grace. Like tomorrow is no, always another day. It's another opportunity to do something that you want to improve, but it's not the end of the world. It's not. Yeah. And your best changes from day to day. Mm. So if you give yourself the opportunity to do that on one day, you might just rock out and get so much done because you gave yourself that extra rest or that extra grace to do it. And so it's okay if the day after it, it doesn't. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any type of schedule or any type of discipline, but definitely remove the guilt associated with having to change things around. Give yourself permission to be flexible as needed. Oh, absolutely. I definitely agree. And then you mentioned your faith and just making sure that is a priority as well. Is it something that you incorporate into your business or have to incorporate into your business? And if so, what does that look like? Also, it's not something that I overtly incorporate to my business, but I do believe the name. So my firm, my doing business name as is Easer Legal Solutions. And I do feel like that came from God, but I just talk about my faith freely, but it's not something that's, I don't shove it down anybody's throat when I'm working with them. And if it comes up, if it doesn't, but God told me to start this business. So I'm never going <laughs> to shy away from talking about it if if the need arises and what's, and also that mantra was being flexible. When I started the business, I gave myself permission to try it. And without a deadline, like I don't have to be married to it. I don't have to do this until I retire or till I die. Mm. I, this is for a season. It's for a season. And because for whatever reason, when I was in my career, I thought like I had, to, this was my career forever. And this is what I have to do. And when I really just gave myself permission that I can change my mind, I just have internal peace about it. So whether this is for a season or for a lifetime, I'm just thankful for the opportunity and I'm just going to roll with it. Oh my God. Now that just helped me so much because I had the same, I'm like, okay, now that I started this business, I have to stick with it. But to your point, it might just be for a season. It might be something that is going to help elevate me. Maybe it is going back to corporate. I don't plan on it. I'm like so against it. 
but that really did just feed into me, Savon. So thank you so much for that. Yes. And my last question for anyone that is a mompreneur or even a woman that's thinking about starting her own business or maybe already have started their own business. Is there any advice that you could give them to encourage them to maybe keep going or maybe a piece of advice that you received when you were first starting your business? Sure. So there's a couple of things. So again, for me, this is going to come from a perspective of faith, a Christian perspective. Number one, you're going to have to pray and fast on whatever decisions that you want to make because you have the free will to make decisions, but how much more comforting and it is and how much more confidently will you move when you know that your decision aligns with the will of God and your purpose for your life. So I'm going to say that number one, however you need to get quiet and to pray or to meditate or whatever that is, you'll need to do that because <clears throat> I might be going backwards. So let me rephrase. Number one, understand what your purpose is. And I know people say that and it's so cliche and I still struggle with that. So if you struggle with your purpose, like I do, I would encourage you to write a mission statement. You don't have to have the purpose perfect. And again, your purpose might change season to season, time period to time period. But if you're clear on what your mission is, right? So for example, your mission might be something like taking care of your family, maybe contributing financially to your household, maybe raising your children with some good goals or morals, or you may not have children, but it may be you might feel called to this cause or that cause. So understand what your kind of your mission is, like a business, a mission statement. What's your personal mission statement? Number two, take that mission statement, like I would say, to God and make sure it aligns with your faith and your calling, right? Because you don't want to have a mission centered around something that's inconsistent with your personal belief system or your faith. And then number three, what I would say is whatever business venture that you're contemplating doing isn't consistent with what your mission is. Because if it's not consistent with contributing financially to your home, and you said that was your mission, if it's not consistent with raising your children in this type of ideology or in this type of, if it's not consistent with whatever your passion or calling is, which is animals, or travel, or however you feel led, then perhaps that's not the business for you, right? Because it's not consistent with <laughs> what your mission is. It makes no sense spending time, energy, and money into pursuing a business venture that is not consistent with your mission. So that's the, I could probably go on and on, but that's some of the advice that I would give. Get clear on what your personal mission is Make sure that it aligns with your inner belief system or your faith. And then make sure that whatever you want to pursue is consistent with what your mission is. Because if your mission is to spend more time with your children, then and you're in, in some business that requires you to travel all the time, then this is not consistent with your mission. And so you're just going to end up more frustrated later. Okay, mic drop. I think that was it. <laughs> we can go. That was, <laughs> that was great. No, that was really good, Shaman. And I just want to thank you again. The more that we are conversing with each other, I couldn't have thought of a better 
guest to kick off our season of No Time to Watch TV. You're a beautiful person inside and out. And we're going to link your social media handles and your website and contact information so the audience knows how to connect with you. But again, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate having you. And we'll have to do this again sometime. Yes, absolutely. And now I know you live in Raleigh, so we'll have to link up. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the official Timbuktu or at Kazim Enterprise. Thanks again. I'll see you next time.